Oh no, J-Dog! <laughs> Cole is going out. Will you be good, J-Dog? Asks Cole. Yes, says J-Dog, I will be very good. I hope I'll be good, J-Dog thinks. J-Dog sees something in the kitchen. It's cake. I said I'd be good, J-Dog thinks, but I love to eat cake. What will J-Dog do? Oh, J-Dog! <laughs> <laughs> this is the most well-used of all the children's books in my house. And I have read several thousand hours of children's books in the last four years. And there's been this interesting evolution in my presentation skills as it's been happening. And I have noticed that without consciously trying, I have become better at bringing more character and more drama and more humor and more pause and like a greater variety of presentation to everything that I do. And I legitimately think it's because I practice that performance every night while reading kids' books. <laughs> a kid responds far more to the gesture and the language and the expression than probably the words. They do. And the thing that's improved the most for me, I reckon, is pause. So, as you would well know, <laughs> I have always been a very talkative person because as the third in our family, <laughs> that was a necessity to ever have my voice heard. Not a lot of free airtime in the big house. <laughs> and I have really always spoken too much and talking when I didn't need to talk has long been something that I've needed to improve and I definitely still do. And one of the things that I've noticed by practicing reading kids books is that now I'll be delivering a webcast or I'll be standing on a stage or something and I'll make a point and I'll notice that the point kind of meant something or carried some weight and then I'll just wait. <laughs> oh, the, the version of this that I had to learn so much that had to be beaten into me <laughs> or rather hit into my leg under the table is Zoom, ask a question, pop it in the chat. The temptation to just fill in the gap yeah. as soon as you ask the question is overwhelming and it's entirely unhelpful because the people listening need a bit of space to think, to formulate an answer, to casually then open the chat if it wasn't open, yeah. to start typing, to get more than three words into their answer before their ears are bombarded by more <laughs> shit from your insecure mouth. <laughs> Ask the question and shut up. Totally. So anyway, I have this new theory that <laughs> if you want to get better at performance of any kind, right, and leading is a performance of a kind. Like I think of public speaking as a performance. I think of talking to any group really as a performance. And if you want to get better at performance of any kind, read some kids books and be willing to absorb some of the lessons that you teach yourself in the fact that when you deliver a kid's book, you put a lot more gusto into it. 
<laughs> well, you probably lean into the emotion too. It's not just the gusto of the performance. It's recognizing that the communication isn't just the words. Yeah. It's how you lend a bit of drama and theater to it. And yeah. the example I can think of is if you're recording videos, people often just get entirely bland. They just get wooden, they're reading an internal script and it's very hard to connect to. Yeah. And one of the exercises I love is the over-the-top rant. <laughs> you have to be massively over-the-top, either positively, I love this thing, it's brilliant. Or you can be like, how did you think the dishwasher was going <laughs> to clean the dishes stacked that way? And you just exaggerate to a comical degree because what it does is just expands the window that you're able to then use. Yeah, totally. And you don't want to be that exaggerated idiotic version but if you're starting here and struggling to get a little bit more animated and you practice being right over the top and just going totally stupid <laughs> it means you can just reach up a little bit more and totally. bring a bit more natural energy to your to your performance yeah. and the the test that i love is the mute test so if you're recording a video is it interesting when i can't hear you <laughs> nice oh. no subtitles no captions if the video is silent and i'm just looking at you am i still interested i'm going to do that thing that people do where they reference a scientific study with no memory of who did the study or what the specific <laughs> results were but very credible a very credible reference but there was a study done on ted talks because obviously we have loads of those and they got two audiences, a control audience and a test audience. And the control audience watched the TED talk and then rated each speaker on their, I think it was trustworthiness or something like that, but essentially how well they connected with the audience. And then the test group watched the TED talk on mute. <laughs> and they were asked the same thing. And the correlation between how people rated the trustworthiness of the speaker between the audience who'd heard them speak and the audience who'd only seen them speak was pretty much perfect they gave the same response, whether they'd actually heard a single word that they'd said or not. <laughs> and it's funny because I reckon one of the things that we as a society hang shit on ourselves for is sitting on the toilet watching videos on mute. Like that does seem entirely ridiculous. <laughs> we know you do it. <laughs> Laughs guiltily. <laughs> but it turns out the audio doesn't matter as much as you would think like because you're still reading the captions right you know what the person's saying and if you know conceptually what they're saying and you can see their energy while they do it then you've gotten 99 percent of the information that's there it turns out georgia Murch's line people hear your content but they smell your intent yeah and smells probably not the right word for <laughs> a video <laughs> certainly not when you're watching it on the toilet <laughs> But it does, I think, capture the idea that people can just kind of feel your vibe. And totally. if you're squashing it down blandly or not leaving pauses or using an animated voice, very hard for people to connect. Yeah. And then there is the thing where people like you and me proffer this advice. <laughs> it's true. I just wanted to say proffer. Can you proffer anything but advice? Yeah, you can proffer money, you can proffer really? a suite, you can proffer anything. Oh, I might start We're proffering. proffering this podcast. Exactly. I'm going to proffer more often. Anyway, <laughs> people might see us proffering this advice and think, oh, well, yeah, it's fine, you know, you're extroverted or gregarious or animated or whatever, but I'm not like that. And what I would like to say is it's not about necessarily being more animated or being more anything that isn't you. 
And one of the things that's great about kids' books, I think, is that whatever you do in a kids' book is in some way some version of you. And if you can practice leaning into whatever it is that you're like and being better and better, like you've said before, it takes a while to get good at just being yourself when you're in a performance state. And if you can just get more practice at bringing a little more of you, whatever that is, it makes you a better performer, it makes you a better leader, it makes you more engaging, and it's gonna make you more successful.